I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga, and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about uh, manga, which was recently adapted into an anime, Chainsaw Man. It's one of the most hyped shows in the last, I don't know, year, two years. So pretty much you're probably watching it if you got this podcast. Anyways, before I start, disclaimers, spoiler alert, I'll be talking about the first act of Chainsaw Man, which probably will end up being maybe the first and second season of the show, if it ends up being a second season. But anyways, let's get started. So before anything, let's get to the stats. The manga was originally written by Tatsuki Fujimoto. The serialization started in Weekly Shonen Jump in December 2018 through December 2020 for the first act. And the second act started in July 2022 to the present as of today. The first act has... 99 chapters the it goes from the first volume to the 11th volume and that's basically it for stats so let's start with the story before I start with the story let me uh, bring you up to speed with the word building that happens out it's really fast and you need to uh, for the first seven chapters, I would say the first volume, most of the world building is already explained, but for easier explanation here, I'll just start with the world building. So in this world, we are in the late 80s. It's never really explained, but from what we can gather, it's most likely the early 2000s more or less late 90s something like that from what i remember there is no mention of smartphones and all so i would say it's not even the 2010s but anyways so first for the world building in this world we live in a society which has contact with devils and fiends the difference being that devils are the are the creatures that come from hell. Uh, they are impersonations of fears. And so basically things that people are afraid of. So for example, there's the darkness devil, the gun devil, the, um, all the other devils that you can think of, ghost devil, snake devil, and so on and so forth. And then there's fiends. Fiends are when someone's possessed by a devil and loses their consciousness and effectively becomes something else other than themselves. So it's basically a fusion between a person and a, and a devil in the way that the it becomes a whole other thing, a whole other, let's say, being or person. 
in some cases as they can attain human intellect even though there is the possession thing and all. Second thing, with the presence of devils uh, that inevitably terrorize humans, there is devil hunters. Devil hunters are separated into the private sector and the public sector. The um, public sector part is the um, public safety department, public devil hunter department, something like that. I will be referring to them as the public safety department for sake of uh, unity because I, I actually don't remember the acronym really but anyways that being said devil hunters are not just normal people they are people with contracts that are not possessed they try to explain that f to form a contract you need to sacrifice something in some cases they say that possession ends up with the person sacrificing too much to the demon, so the demon, the devil, basically enters their body too much. So, for the most part, most of the devil hunters are they sacrifice a, too little, or maybe some sacrifice more than others, but you get the gist of it. So, after I had laid this basic world building, there's, there's one thing that uh, it's later explained really really late in the story it's really kind of shown really towards the later half of the first act that is the fact that one of the major major events that happened in the last I don't know 10 years 10 to 20 years in this world is that there is this one devil there's the gun devil that for all the human knowledge about him, he appeared in multiple parts of the world for seconds at a time. And in those split seconds, he killed more than 1 billion people across all regions of the Earth. So it's something a lot more or less like that. I think some millions, but anyways. The thing is, he... In just seconds, killed a whole lot of people indiscriminately, and that's basically it. So it's it was the most not only televised catastrophe, but the one of the most deadly, the most deadly catastrophe relating to demons in the last uh, 20 years or so recent history of this world. And that being said, guns are strictly forbidden in all countries. Or there's actually they say there is no known production of guns and basically to get a gun is basically getting a contract with the gun devil. The second thing that happens relating to the gun devil is that this is a minor thing but it's something that comes up. The gun devil there is only one and when he appeared for the first time in the last time he appeared in multiple places in the span of seconds and they eventually discovered that actually he moved so fast that pieces of his body sheared off and so these pieces are scattered around the world some got uh, lost in places and some were swollen by lesser demons to increase power and the one thing that 
this ends up being is that pieces get attracted to other pieces so they can kind of try to recompose the body for themselves. That's the basic detail that I need to give before I start explaining really how the story goes. So now getting to the real story. The first volume we get introduced to our titular main, pro main character uh, Denji. He from what I can remember he does not have a surname because he has no family. We get introduced to him as he's working for the Yakuza because from what it is explained in the beginning for some one reason or another his father had a major debt with the Yakuza and he ended up killing himself. That being said, Denji was left with this debt as a kid and so the Yakuza kind of take him in just to work. So Denji eventually gets he sells organ, his own organs to make, make up some money. He works his ass off to make up money and it's really, really um, a little amount. He lives in a shed out of nowhere. He doesn't basically eat, really. And the one thing that he has going for him is his pet devil, Pochita, who's the chainsaw devil. But for the first for the first part of the first chapter, we don't know that. Anyways, so we meet Denji in this precarious, precarious situation. And after one one thing or the other, the Yakuza call up to him and try to kill him for some reason. But then we get to see that the Yakuza actually got possessed by the um, zombie devil. And they are turned into zombies. And they end up mutilating Denji and Pochita but for some miracle Denji gets uh, get to, to drink Pochita's blood and more or less fuses with Pochita and that basically insta heals his body and he turns into Chainsaw Man ends up ends up killing the zombie devil but in the end of the fight, he has to get rescued by the first people we get to meet from the public safety department that is Makima and Aki. Makima being the titular love interest for the first part of the... <laughs> for the first act, let's say. And Aki being the subordinate, subordinate of Makima, more or less, at this point. So basically now Denji has this new body, so he has all this, his organs back and all. But his heart is basically Pochita's heart, from what they they say. And to activate his powers, he has to pull a string there is there is in his chest, and he loses a lot of blood from using that power. They, that's just the explanation. From that point on, Denji is basically voluntold slash recruited into the um, public safety department. He gets to finally live a somewhat normal everyday life. And from that point, we get to see uh, the first, the first, um, let's say, 
the first characteristics that make up Denji as he is. So he's a simple-minded. He's dumb in most ways. He's basically analphabetized. Analphabetized. I don't know if that's a word in English, but he didn't go to school. He doesn't know all the kanji. He he's really dumb. Also, he's gullible as all heck, and for the most part, he's the more or less normal shonen protagonist. He's simple-minded, though he's enthusiastic about the things he believes in. He believes in his... He uh, sticks to his guns and believes that what he's doing is right, more or less. And the, the one thing that actually moves him a lot is that having found this new life that is way 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 better and basically a miracle for him from his starting point he wishes to defend it with all his might and from that point on we get to meet all the other strange people that inhabit the public safety department so we get actually a explanation about what is happening in the public safety department from Makima that more or less she's basically the boss of the branch somewhat and she's building this division of devil hunters that there are the oddballs of the so there's the the stars of the whole thing it's like an experimental division so for for example right in this division there is denji who is a fusion between a devil and a human there is power that is the titular second female at this point in the story we don't actually know if she will end up being a second love interest a rival to makima but she's a fiend she's the blood fiend so it's someone who was possessed by the blood devil there is aki who is this guy with the personal vendetta and hates the fools, although he has to work with them more or less. There is Himeno. Himeno is Aki's boss. She's also his master. She's contracted with the ghost devil, from what I remember. She gave up on her sight of the right eye. So, and so she can kind of use just one hand of the devil but she can basically use an invisible hand whenever she pleases and force choke someone if she wants anyway also at this point aki is contracted with one um, fox devil i don't actually remember the name in japanese but because it's something about japanese folklore and all i don't actually remember but anyways i'm getting off track and we get to see Kobeni, which is another girl who we never actually see fight for real, but she later on becomes a bit more important in the story. And then we get to see one extra, one extra who's I don't remember if he ends up retiring early or whatever. Anyways, not important. So from this point on, we can already see that the relation inside this division is a whole mess. And the first thing that happens is Makima 
unilaterally Sestuaki. So from this point on, Denji and Power, who are half devil, cannot live in the HQ, so they gonna live with you. And you can already imagine what that does to a guy who has a personal vendetta against devils. And we get some chapters about this uh, the evolution, the um, happenings of the day by day of their life, because effectively Aki has this whole problem of devils. Denji is someone who was really, really poor, and now it's a lot now that he's, he has uh, the means to. And Power, although she has a human intellect, is comparable to a toddler in some instances at this point in the story. And so it's really strange. So basically, eventually it evolves into Aki being the paternal figure and Denji being the bigger brother for, for Power, more or less. It becomes wholesome to a point. Eventually that becomes really, really nice. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So they have to live together. Then after some time, the first big thing that happens is that Himeno eventually gets to talk to Denji, really. And she basically trauma dumps him into knowing what being a devil hunter is. And the important thing to note from that conversation is, one, uh, Himeno is really traumatized from the number of people, the number of partners, apprentices, uh, they called them in the manga buddies, the amount of, the number of buddies that uh, died on her, so, she, and she doesn't want that to happen to Aki, because Aki has the, she sees Aki as um, someone she wants to protect, although there, there is no romantic feelings implied from the from the interactions but anyways and basically trauma dumps Denji and as things go the story keeps rolling eventually they get introduced also to Kishibe Kishibe is one old old guy who's the I think it's the oldest devil hunter alive in the division and he's Himeno's masters and eventually Eventually he becomes also important, but that's just the setup. Skipping a bit, we get a few more volumes about uh, little fights they have and everything else. There is this altercation when Denji is almost killed with the um, one devil that locks them into a basically a pocket dimension inside a building. They try to find pieces of the gun devil. But they get they get free and scathed and kill the devil anyways. So skip a bit. What is the first breaking point of this series? And this is the point where I, I need to say the author really shows his true colors when he does something like this. So this is really early in the story. Let, let me be clear. This is really early in the story. It's really near the the first half of the f first act. For some reason, the public safety department get a gets attacked by a whole lot of... I don't want to say hobos, but a whole lot of random guys with guns in the street, really just uh, guerrilla warfare kind of deal. 
and a whole lot of people die. One of them is Makima's assistant, who was an, an extra. Himeno nearly dies, Aki nearly dies, Denji doesn't, doesn't even get really close to it. But the real thing, there is this attack and then someone else shows up. Similar to Denji, this guy shows up with one kind of transformation, much like Denji's transformation into Chainsaw Man, but instead of a chainsaw, it is a sword. His name in Japanese is Samurai Sodo, and we don't get an actual name, but they get to explain that he's the grandson of the Yakuza who contracted Denji and ended up, ended up dying because of this zombie, zombie devil. That being said, the guy appears, there's a whole, whole fight. The fight is really well presented to us. Some frames, I would say, are really confusing. You need to really take a step back because it's one of the mangas that have a whole lot of details in black. So eventually you get lost in the contours of things. It's just a, a nitpick by my part that I want to say, but the guy doesn't actually die by the end. They kind of get out of there and all, but what is the, uh, they get out, but for a price. Uh, there's this one part where Aki is trying to defend everyone because Himeno at this point took a bullet to the to the chest and is hanging by a thread but she's kind of okay but not really and Aki is fighting this guy with a sword because obviously and there's this one move she does that be more or less almost kills Aki and in that split second Himeno just says to her level that uh, take on my body I don't care just don't let Aki die and so she evaporates basically but uh, the guy's thrown out of the building they were on more or less he doesn't actually die that's the important bit but Himeno dies in the in that moment Himeno dies and, and to this point you get to see that for this altar Tatsuki Fujimoto there's no attachment to any characters no characters are really really sacred <laughs> no characters are essential all the characters are there and if they die they die that's the first thing that really grabbed me about this story because it is an altar that does not create a convenience to preserve a character. If he dies, he dies. That's the thing. And we will see moving forward that this ends up being really true and happens a lot. Anyway, so let's get going. So there is this one major breaking point, then there is this attack, Himeno dies, Aki is really badly injured because we also discovered that Aki has two swords, there is one sword that he can't use and then more or less he, he just uses the power of the devil he has a contract with to fight but when that all else fails he pulls out the sword and he's, this sword takes up his lifespan to 
basically guarantee a kill, more or less. And the sword itself says that Aki has only two years of living left from the amount of, of power he actually used just on that one fight. So that's a major breaking point, right? Because Aki at this point is really important, really, really important character, but he has an expiration date, more or less. And then we get to see the, the repercussions of everything. So basically, the division got a whole lot of losses from this attack. Makima forces... forces. It is needed, and they, they actually show that he should be tasked with training power and denji because foreign denji although they have good powers they don't actually know how to fight so they don't have the awareness of fighting they don't have the technique they just flail around and hope for the best more or less and from the other side aki loses his contract with the fox devil I don't actually remember the explanation they give, but basically he loses it, and then he has to, they coerce him into making a contract with the future devil. So he has kind of premonition powers more or less. He can read people's moves more clearly, kinda. So from this point on, we get to see the training, more or less training montage and all, and um. A bit more things happen. There is this one, this one kind of mini arc about Denji finding a girl that he actually likes outside of Makima. She ends up being someone like him who has um, a kind of fusion with a devil, so he she can transform and then ends up trying to kill him, and she basically dies, more or less. Later on, I will spoil that she doesn't actually die, but that's that's later, later. So there's this mini arc, and then we get to the second big arc of the second half. There is the the start of the end of the first act. There is the let's say the hunt for Denji. So for one reason or another, someone starts a campaign to call up devil hunters from the private sector so just weirdos more or less who hunt devils to kill denji and get his heart it's never really explained who invented this but it is clear that at that point denji is a target and so they get a bodyguard and new people to fill in for the losses that we had in the first attack that being said, right, so we get this... I would say it's a good arc because they... It's a lot of back and forth, a lot of fights and a lot of things, but towards the end it kind of, it kind of become really, really confusing. So, for from the start. So, for one reason or another, there are a lot of weirdos called up to kill Denji. The first trio of weirdos are a trio of brothers from the US who have a um, contract with the mask devil from what I remember. So they have this one power that anyone that they kill, they can basically take the face, the hair, the physical appearance and the voice of that person. They 
end up being uh, killing someone who fro for what we have seen was really great um really strong from the kyoto branch of the public safety department i don't actually remember their names that does doesn't actually matter at this point but they ended up killing them and taking the their faces but they don't actually end up doing anything because one brother dies while Power's doing God knows what with a car and gets run over accidentally and ends up dying. The second one kind of goofs out and does absolutely nothing and gets killed. And the third one basically gives up after seeing two of his brothers dying. Really, I don't actually know why they were introduced in the first place. Second, the second weirdo is actually a double hunter. Really, it's a pair. It's one girl and a guy. The girl is actually um, the master, let's say, and the guy is the apprentice. She has contract with multiple demons, multiple devils, and she sacrificed all, basically, all her senses to attain power, so from what we gather she doesn't have the sense of touch nor sense of taste. We don't actually know if she can smell anything, but anyways, she can hear and she can talk and she can see. That's the, uh, the important bit. Her power is something really like she has this one needle, uh, really a sewing needle, right? And if she pricks someone three times, the person basically insta dies and the guy is her apprentice and so they are introduced like if he can get the last prick on denji to kill him she will present all the devils she has a um, contract with so he can become a really good devil hunter more or less and then there is the third weirdo that is quan Shi. it is she's devil hunter from china she has a contract with four. They never really say it, but from what I gather, they are fiends. She has a contract with. So there are four girls, each more strange than the last. And I can I cannot clearly characterize them in an audio form. You need to read so you can see. But they are all weird, except for maybe two of them who are less weird one of them is basically the something like a zombie frankenstein one is basically more or less a zombie but it is a girl but half her face is not melting but she has a crack on her skull which her brain's falling off for some reason it's more stylistic than an actual thing never really gets explained but anyways one of them is a devil from Chinese folklore that I don't actually remember the name, who has um, a single snake for a hair, and the other one is what we would call more Western style demon, more or less. So Quan Shi is a girl. The four are girls. Quan Shi is, is shown to embark on adventures with them. The four of them, if you know what I'm saying spicy adventures and basically when she is already super powerful but with the power of the contracts she gets 
way way more powerful so there's this one scene that they show in the one of the fights that there is a horde of enemies in front of her she wall runs past them with two swords and when she actually touches the ground after the swords disintegrate and the guys fall down it's a really great scene so and the, then there's the fourth the fourth weirdo it is the most weird and it is the most confusing it is a guy from germany they call santa claus so santa claus why is he called in that he has also contracts with multiple devils we don't actually get to know all the devils he's contracted with but the one power he has and is shown is he gets if he kills someone he turns him the the person into a basically a meat puppet that can transform their arms into weapons so basically he can make an army out of nowhere basically a necromancer if you really think about it and then there is this whole thing the all these guys after denji and the whole thing starts kind of slow but everyone shows up at the same time so for one reason or another already santa claus just unleashes a whole horde of of meat puppets to chase denji down and kill him but then quan chi appears and then I don't know who else appears and and all and all and all. The fights go the fight go goes kind of well to a point until and I will get the order of facts wrong, right? But what happens is that basically it all boils down to the to the following. In the midst of the fight, after the three brothers are basically killed off, what happens is there's just left the bear that that's the the guy in the group with the swing needle and there's santa claus alive more more or less that and and when she is kind of neutral at this point because we discovered that kishibe and when she are kind of working together against makima for some reason we don't actually know why but to this point we get to see that makima is sketchy as all heck so it, it is just uh just a matter of time before she ends up backstabbing someone important to the story. Anyways, so the three brothers are already killed off and basically they are fighting the horde that Santa Claus already brought on of meat puppets. For one reason or another, the <clears throat> girl ends up using some kind of ritual, some kind of, I don't know what, thing to entrap everyone into hell and basically they are teleported to hell where they see the darkness devil and the darkness devil is such a powerful being that for basically everyone who's a fiend who's a devil at that point just becomes utterly utterly afraid for no apparent reason even before he arrives at the scene and basically power who at this point is just a straightforward just violence she starts to almost piss herself from just from fear and from that point on we get to see one of the strangest scenes i can i can't make it justice but it is a scene without any dialogue the guy just appears he's a concoction of arms and 
I don't even know how to describe it. It is something really out there, really be, be let's say beyond the human comprehension. He just shows up, everyone starts bleeding. Uh, for some reason, everybody loses their arms, and in the blink of a second, just basically, Makima appears out of nowhere, does some gesture to him, he basically explodes out of there, and then they get teleported back to the normal world. That being said, right, at this point, when they get back after this major traumatic event, in the same, like, second, something happens, and... It is just explained later that Santa Claus basically kills himself more or less and transports his consciousness into the body of the, the one girl who locked everyone into hell. So what actually happens is that him having used this kind of contract to pull everyone into hell and now that they got off he uses another contract he has directly with the darkness devil to empower his new body and so he kind of fuses with the darkness devil and then there's this whole fight between makima and darkness the darkness devil more or less until a point that makima basically gets denji up and denji goes and kills the let's say this, this new darkness devil fiend whatever he becomes at this point but just before he dies, the one of the the one of the girls who was with Quan Chi, now that Quan Chi is de facto dead, uses some kind of psychology magic with him and locks him into a infinity infinite knowledge more or less, and so he becomes mad with knowledge and basically he gets de facto defeated slash killed because although it is explained that he could transfer his consciousness into another body and infinite bodies for that matter across the world he his mind gets wrecked and he more more or less is defeated i don't even know if that whole train of thought made any sense but anyways from this point on we get to the let's say the, the more later half of the first act already we are already at the um, sixth seventh volume things are going to start to ramp up from this point on thing is right so again aki is basically useless at this point um some of the the fiends and devils that we got to meet are basically useless also we got to meet uh bean who is the shark fiend and the angel fiend and all, but the angel fiend basically lost his arms. Being, I don't actually remember if he died or not, but kind of died. And for what's worth, the division is again in bad shape. And so Makima comes up and drops a major, major bombshell that they are going to make an expedition to kill the gun devil. That being said, Aki being more or less useless at this point, he asks if she can kind of let Denji and Power go out of this because he wants to protect them. So th this is the whole arc of the development of Aki from the point that he has a personal vendetta against devils to the point that he learns to like some devils or see that some devils 
are worthwhile. They are actually good uh, people if you let them develop. But anyways, that's the not that's not the the real thing that I'm going to talk about. So there is this whole thing. The they try to develop a whole lot of things about around this expedition, and then we actually discovered that the Gandalf was more or less dead at this point in time because he cannot show up anymore and and whatever whatever. But then we get this exchange between Makima, the angel, Finn and Naki at a point the day before their expedition let's say when we actually learn that Makima manipulates a lot of people that she works with so there's this, always this thing in the manga at this point that we see that Makima she's clearly sketchy but everybody loves her for some reason and then we learned that actually one of the the main contracts she has is with the control devil. And the control devil, you can already imagine what it does to people and all. So we basically get this flashback of the, the angel things that actually when he came to be, he was living in an, in an island with uh, a family that actually loved him and all. And he has this like this blackout and then when he comes to again the family he was living with is dead and Makima goes to rescue him but then he remembers actually that uh, Makima made him do it so it's a whole whole mess but at that point that he remembers it the gun devil actually appears and starts firing at Makima so and Makima just uses some kind of... I'm not making any sense anymore. Let's let's start from the beginning. From this point on, the things get way too conceptual to actually explain. But Makima is so powerful, so powerful, that she can actually use any living being lower than her that she deems because it's uh, kind of... Uh, confidence contest more or less she can actually use lesser beings to see and hear and smell and all so she actually can see everything she's more or less omnipresent not omnipotent but omnipresent what happens next is that the gun devil appears again and before it starts firing the second before he starts firing makima makes some kind of pseudo contract with Aki and the angel fiend so that they sacrifice themselves to become part of Makima and so Makima can absorb their powers. What happens next is that Makima tries to fight the Gandavo alone but for one reason or another the next like the next like pain of the manga is Dengian power at home just hanging about and Telephone rings, Denji picks up, and it, it is Makima, and she says, don't open, don't open the door, it is the Gandevil. And so the door starts ringing, and he was like, hold on, that's a prank, right? There's no way the Gandevil is here. And she goes, "Don't just don't answer the door. And then he obviously go, goes and answers the door, and when he opens the door, it is really heavy stuff. The Gandevil 
actually possessed Aki's body. And it all goes around again because the one devil that made, made Aki have his vendetta was the gun devil. So it's a whole cycle of irony because the guy who hated the gun devil the most actually got possessed by him and now is trying to kill someone he was trying to protect and the whole thing goes round and round. It, it's a really, really heavy visual. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So from this point on, the whole thing starts to go nuts. And so Denji kind of gets forced to kill Aki. And for the first time in this manga, we actually see Denji reaping the benefits of how much people he actually saves. And we get to see also how much people actually started liking the Chainsaw Man that they eventually see on TV after some of the fights. At this point, uh, Denji and Aki start, fight, start fighting and there's this whole destroying a whole lot of buildings, killing a lot of innocent people in the mix. It is the first manga, and, and I need to note that, it is the first manga that I actually read that when they throw a car with people inside, they actually show the people inside getting thrown around and the reaction and all, and the terror. It is a, a really good detail, I think, to differentiate um, the whole setting. Back to back to the thing, back to the thing. So, after this, there's the whole fight. At one point, Denji takes a whole lot of damage, but actually, uh, civilians just come out and like, oh, drink my blood, please, just save me. Save me from that guy who's destroying everything. I... I have a job. I have to go to a job to, to my job tomorrow. God damn it! And so people actually help, and he ends up killing Aki. And so that's trauma number one million for Denji at this point. And then we go to the to the more or less to the final arc. So there is this whole thing that is building up to to this point. That is this stress moved with trauma with a whole lot of other conflicts that Denji is building up in his uh, let's say life after poverty and eventually Denji just wants to give up and so he kind of does give up to Makima and he basically says I want to be your dog uh, just take me whatever whatever and I don't want to think anymore and yeah that basically happens that goes for about, I don't know, I don't know, like, eight pages? And then the moment that it is kind of, you kind of get the vibe that it is going to be alright, the thing that happens is kind of really messed up. So, at this point, when Denji actually gives up on everything, he moves into Makima's place with her, I don't know, like 10 dogs she has and he actually becomes more or less a pet for her so basically he free loans around all day and does absolutely nothing but then one day the the door rings and then Makima just straight out says get the door I'll kill her and so Denji's kind of he kind of stops and says what and there is this whole tension in the 
in the scene and when he wants to kind of touch the door he hesitates Makima when when the doors open more or less we see power with a happy birthday cake and the next frame oh boy I, I cannot say it out loud like oh boy now that I remember it it's so so heavy but you get the gist power power is dead at that point power is dead and I was like God damn, the author is crazy, man. And that's what I said. Uh, at this point, we already killed Aki, who was one of the most important characters at this point in the story. So, there's no love for the characters, actually. There's just, if they gotta die, they gotta die. And that's it. That's it. And... From this point on, the whole story goes out the window. The explanations go really wild I don't think I can really explain what happens next but really being really just conceptual here really just just the concepts Denji ends up fighting Makima Makima ends up revealing a whole lot of more powers that we didn't know about and the whole thing gets really strange because the way that he has to hard kill Makima because she can revive is really strange. The last pages of that arc are really, really strange. And then it ends up with Denji becoming the senior, let's say, Devil Hunter. And it is implied, but the, the story has not moved much since, so I cannot say, but it is, it is implied that after Makima is dead, her, the devil that made the contract with her actually reappears, looks like her, looks like a small child, and ends up being becoming a dangy adoptive child, more or less. It is implied, it's not confirmed, I, I'm just saying my impressions about it at this point. So, that's the story, more or less, I... The last part was really, really strange to explain. I, I don't think I can do a good, a great, great job. I don't think I did a great job at explaining the middle to the little end, but that's besides the point. So what are my opinions about Chainsaw Man, Act 1? So before I even start with my opinions, and it, it's been already one hour of recording. Anyways, what's my opinions? So I started reading it. Because I was basically coerced into it, I was challenged by a friend who gave me the first volume as a birthday present. And she basically said, uh, read it and tell me what you think about it. And, and then I, I read the first volume and I said, this is way too similar to things like Aono Exorcist and... What in Osaraf? And she said, fair, but it becomes way better. And then I start, we started talking and I ended up being challenged to prove my the predictions I had right. Unfortunately, most of them were true. I didn't want to be right, but I was right. Uh, Bar ends up dying, really. It is just a quirky shonen, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking to nothing at this point. Like, let's get back to what are my opinions so the manga starts really close to 
or I don't know, set up an Auno Exorcist in the way that Denji is really similar to Rin and Yu from respectively simple-minded, enthusiastic, gluttons kind of characters. It is all from the same mode, but eventually I kind of grew in. It kind of grew into me to read it because after I think after him and this is really just my opinion, right? After Himeno dies, it kind of became clear to me that maybe the story is actually written with, um, let's say, not the normal mode of the shonen. So there are things in shonen that you never expect, like someone really close to the main character never really dies on camera, so if they get written out of the story, they get written out, out of camera, but when Himeno dies and the whole trauma thing starts to come in, it kind of, kind of came to me that, wow, this may be well written. But to that point, actually, the story is really not directed anywhere until they come up with the gun devil uh, situation. So I explained the gun devil really early because it it is the moving force of the first act in the when the story kind of picks up. But the story starts really, really slow. I don't know if the author had to think about the story midway or if they have had it planned before, but this starts pretty, pretty slow, pretty weak. Towards the end, it becomes kind of nice. The fighting is pretty good, although some fights are really just meh, because eventually, uh, I don't know, the one fight in the apartment where they get locked into the pocket, dimen pocket dimension, pocket space lot, the fight's not really that good actually it's more of endurance kind of deal so in manga it becomes kind of boring but outside of that right so i kind of am okay with the art style it's not my preferred art style but it is serviceable it's pretty good as it is the characters in general they are all of them are insane and this is one point that Himeno comes up with really early on that good devil hunters are actually the ones that are not sane and all the characters eventually getting sane more or less so but and I kind of like that because it is um, kind of an let's say a new not really new but it is a good take on the weird kids together kind of deal so they are all insane and that insanity kind of plays well with one another um again i don't i didn't do well with power dying at the end man i i actually didn't deal with that really well i didn't think i would i would miss her so much but Boy, when she died, I was like, man, what in the hell? Really, though? And this was one of my first predictions in the way when I started reading it, is, was that Power was going to die or become the love interest, which would be really strange. But 
I didn't want her to die really because at the end she kind of becomes kind of cute and really becomes the little sister of Denji and then she dies and then I was like oh man I'm kind of depressed now but that's besides the point what what's my opinion about the manga overall the story begins really slow really weak towards the middle kind of becomes really nice I respect the author for not caring if a character dies or not really a whole lot of characters that have kind of meaningful interactions with the mains uh, get killed in just this first act and I respect the, the choice of killing off who you need to actually kill off you you don't hide a kind of a plot problem behind the plot shield the plot convenience I really like that the power the power the the superpowers they they use in the manga I don't find they I don't find them particularly interesting although the fights are good the Denji's transformation is just meh I don't know Makima's powers are really nuts she's really overpowered I I find it so nice there there's this one girl the the from the mini arc where Denji actually finds a girl he likes that is Reese uh, she has one of the best powers that I could see it's um she's basically the grenade devil more or less grenade explosive devil it's really nice anyways I, I'm getting off track so my opinion the manga is pretty good uh, please read it the um, all the characters are really quirky some of the fighting when it gets too to conceptual are really hard to take in when when the Santa Claus kind of thing happened I had to read the whole cap whole chapter more than once to grasp what the hell happened because the the transfer of consciousness is not really explained between the first body and the second body but it is a really good really good manga for entertainment really I don't think the story is particularly deep I don't think it's particularly challenging although the themes are really heavy uh, I don't think that you need to think out it does not bring too many hard questions really you can just read it as a normal shonen and it will pass through really nice because the, the fighting is worth it I don't know about them anime I didn't watch it as of yet so I don't know but the manga I can I can attest to the manga is pretty good that's basically it I don't know how to keep this one going except saying the same thing so that's basically my review for the first act of Chainsaw Man um, again if you like what I do if you like the show if you like what I talk about please like please follow please subscribe depending on the platform you are on um, please share with a friend say share with whoever you can please join the discord and and that's about it i'll see you next time i hope you stick around bye